out there in podcast land, you have set your dial once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, also known as CSWR. This is episode 33 with my special guest, Bobby Nash. That's right. For once, I'm not going to bury the lead. My special guest today is Cage Fury Fighting Championship future contender, August 13th on Fight Pass for their welterweight strap. Bobby Nash, also known as Nashty, out of Michigan Top Team. And you know I stand my fellow Michiganiacs. So, what's on the schedule for today? Well, there is quite the buffet for all of us combat sports fans. We've got Bellator. We've got UFC Fight Island. We've got boxing. We're going to go over the main event of Bare Knuckle Boxing. we got Rhino Gang questions, both Twitter and voicemail. Dre is drop of the night. All kinds of fun, cool stuff. I can't wait to get into it. Let's go ahead and dive right in. So we are going to get our started off with our Bellator 242 results. I didn't really break these fights down because there was just so much to watch. And I, and I watched them and I enjoyed them for the most part. I'm glad they were on Friday. I'm glad they were on Paramount. I'm glad the prelims were on YouTube. That was all That was all good. So there was no uh, worried about having to zone. So the uh, blue chipper, Aaron Pico. Defeated Solo Hatley Jr. by first round. A beautiful RNC in the first round. Uh, moving on to also in the 145-pound division, Tywin Claxton lost a very close split decision to J.J. Wilson. Again, split decision, very, very close. J.J. did outland him 81-63 to 63 in strikes. Uh, very close fight, good on both of them. We'll see what's next. Then we had Jason Jackson versus Jordan Mean, the UFC vet Jordan Mean, and the 170 division. Jason Jackson got the UD in that one. Pretty clear cut, I thought. Then my man Sergio Pettis out of Rufus Sport at 19 and 5, taking on Ricky Bendejas at 13 and 3. Ricky Bendejas, most famous for uh, stopping James Gallagher. Uh, Sergio Pettis clearly won this one by UD in the 135 pound division. Allow landed Ricky 142 to 97. Clear as day. Good decision for Sergio. I enjoyed his post-fight press conference as well. Very, very cool. Good on Bellator for doing what I've said for forever. Be on regular TV, be on Fridays. So good on them. Their setup was really nice too. High production value. Um, yeah, I was impressed. So where I was not impressed and I was sad and bummed and it hurt me in the old heart was my man Ike Valley Flag fighting Luis Palmino for the uh, belt in Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships. My man... Ike Valley Flag, longtime vet, great friend of the show, former former guest of uh, CSWR. He got caught by a really hard shot behind the ear, and Luis Palmino is a fucking monster at 155, bro. He, uh, I didn't even know this, and my boy Juice is the one who shared this with me. Justin Gaethje apparently said when he fought Luis Palmino, he said that was the hardest puncher he'd ever faced. So my man Ike lost uh, first round TKO, gamely struggled to his feet. Referee called it, it was the right call. Love you, Ike. Can't wait to see you back in the cage. Or, excuse me, can't wait to see you back in the ring. For Bare Knuckle, I'm sure you'll be back better than ever. Ready to go next time around. So, that moves us into our main card breakdown of Fight Night 174. Whitaker Till from Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi. And full disclosure, the old Rhino went 11-4 and on his picks last night. And, yeah, I felt pretty good about that. Fucking Paul Craig was the one who got me from having a perfect fucking main card pick no clean sweep for the right because of paul craig but i really like paul craig so i was okay with that action so all righty folks now let's jump into our main card breakdown of ufc fight night 174 whitaker versus till from yaz island in abu dhabi so our first fight was kamzat chemayev versus reese mckee reese coming in on late notice chemayev not on late notice at all uh, he was already in the island, just ready to fucking take on another person and get th- Blitzkrieg, Blitzkrieg right through him, dude. Uh, Chimaya beat him by TKO and strikes in the first round. Uh, that guy is a problem, okay? Uh, Chimaya is going to be a fucking star. We can all see it, uh, either 85 or 70 or both. So shout out to McKee, though, for taking the fight on super short notice. Uh, a tough kid. I-, I hope he gets another shot uh, in the UFC. Moving our way into the 170 division again with our cowboy, the Sperminator, Oliveira versus the German, Peter Zabota. This was a fun fight, dude. Both throwing huge kicks and punches in the first round. I definitely gave it to Oliveira. In the second, more Oliveira. Zabota's head got a nice cut on it from some inside elbows when they were up against the cage. Definitely gave that one to Oliveira as well. 
Then in the third, more crushing front kicks to the body of Zabata by Oliveira. So Cowboy Oliveira, man, he clearly won all three, got the unanimous decision. Good on him. I hope um, he manages to go from this card to the next without having any more children. So moving into the one guy who kept me from having a clean sweep in my picks on the main card. We got Paul Craig from over there in Scotland. Paul Craig, who I actually very much like, but I just thought Andy Gulov was going to be too much for him. Fight starts, Andy Gulov, you know, and Paul changed some punches. Uh, Andy Gulov takes Paul Craig down. Paul Craig throws up a triangle and works it, works it, works it, takes some huge punches to the face, kept it getting tighter and tighter, then finally submits Andy Gulov in the first round by triangle, which the homie feature play Adria actually called pre-fight. So good on her. Good on Paul Craig. I like him. Let's see what's next for The Scotsman, the bear Jew, Paul Craig. I love the guy. All right, moving into the 115 division, Carla Esparza versus Marina Rodriguez. This was kind of a tale of two different, you know, aspects of fighting. Every time it was on the feet and standing, Marina Rodriguez was lighting Carla up. After that would happen for a little bit, Carla would manage to change levels, take Marina down, do some ground and pound. Didn't do a ton of damage, but was busy and kept maintaining top position. So not the most exciting fight. She was able to, Carla was able to do that all three rounds. So on the feet, all Marina. On the ground, all Carla. It came down to a split decision for Carla Esparza. So that's um, that's that's what they called on that one for the 115-pound division. So I'm going to go ahead at this point and get my smug suspenders on because everybody was hating on me for picking Fabricio Verdum. And lo and behold, what happens against Alexander Gustafson? Fabricio Verdum pulls out the first round submission via armbar over Gus. Ah, the smug suspenders around there. For those of you oh, other people who are fans of the Cleveland show, you'll know the reference to smug suspenders. <laughs> so I'm feeling pretty smug about my Fabricio pick. I only saw one or two other people picking Verdum. So uh, good on him. Uh, coming off of his bad performance against Alexei Olenek, I knew we were going to see a better version. Gustafson, what's next for him? I actually have a question about that in the Rhino Gang fan Q&A, so stay tuned for that. Moving into the throwback fight of the night, Shogun Hua versus Little Nog Nogueira in the 205 division. Little Nog and uh, excuse me, Shogun have fought already two previous times, once in Pride, once in the UFC. These are two wily old veterans we'll call them now granted i may be watching through rose colored glasses because i loved pride i love both these guys early in their career especially is this the same version because they're this much older of course not they both got tons of miles on them tons of wear and tear they're slower they're scarred up but i still enjoyed the fight and again i'm not saying it was the most exciting fight in the world but they both threw hard they both fucking were trying to win i don't know how one judge gave a split decision to Little Nog. I thought it was clearly Shogun uh, all three rounds. So good on Shogun. Looks like Little Nog is going to ride off into the sunset, which he absolutely should. He's 44, been in a million wars, let him retire and teach jiu-jitsu or whatever he's going to go into. So shout out to both Shogun and Little Nog. Now moving into our main event. This one was awesome. Uh, this was a This was a more cerebral fight than most like to see. This was a lot more chess match. Then it was a barn burner or a slugfest. Both guys threw super hard punches, kicks. Um, there was a lot of standing and looking at each other. I grant you, there was a lot of looking for other guys to counter. In the first round, uh, both landed heavy, but Till actually dropped Robert Whitaker with a beautiful inside elbow. I thought Robert was really hurt, but he managed to pop back up to his feet and keep fighting. And then literally, I gave the next four rounds to Robert Whitaker. Uh, so yeah, so four rounds to one. Robert Whitaker and most of the judges saw it three rounds to two. Again, there was some good strikes by both guys. There was some good. Robert was more busy with the leg kicks and the jab and landing more, but there was a lot of standing in the middle and feints and fakes and um, trying to set up shots, but not a ton of shots, right? But for those people who are super duper till stands, you got to go with the numbers, dude. So if you got, I really, I hope I don't see anything like robbery about it because there was no robbery, dude. Robert the Reaper Whitaker beat Darren Gorilla Till fair and square. He outlanded him 100 to 50. He had two takedowns to, tear, to Darren Till's none. And he was just busier to me, right? And so, again, I think Darren Till is a very good fighter. And I think he just needed to pull the trigger more last night in order to be more competitive. But it was still a very competitive fight. It was still a close fight. Shout out to Robert Whitaker. I had you pick to win. Yeah, dude. So the right guy won. What's next for both of them? We'll see. 
Uh, Robert Whitaker, I'm glad he's back. I love the guy. Hard not to like the guy. I like Darren Till, too, but I certainly certainly had uh, Whitaker winning this one, and so I'm super stoked on that. So, with our main card being broken down from last night's 174 fight night in Abu Dhabi, let Dave Reigns, let's go ahead and get the homie, the feature player, Drea, on the line, and we'll see what she has for her drop of the night. And now, ladies and gentlemen of the Rhino Gang and all other listeners who might be listening for the first time, let me introduce you to my feature player, Drea, who is going to give us her drop of the night from last night. Drea, what did you have? There was a few options. What did you land on for uh, for Saturday night? So my drop of the night, uh, it turned out to be a bit of a controversial one due to refing, but I still got to go with it. Uh, Francisco Trinaldo, um, he was in my opinion, losing the fight, but in the third round, he connected with this just like overhand left that dropped Herbert to the ground. And he was definitely not able to continue, but for some reason, Herb Dean just didn't see what everyone else saw apparently. And uh, even Trinaldo didn't even want to continue hitting him, but he began to after Herb didn't stop it. So finally, after a few, few more shots on the ground, Herb stopped it and, and it was done though. So, my uh, drop of the night goes to Francisco Trinaldo. And congratulations to Francisco Trinaldo for his drop of the night win. Uh, again, great sportsmanship showed by him by not continuing to punch right away. I don't know what the fuck Herb was doing. I don't know what he was waiting for. I don't know if that Herbert guy owed him money or what, but that was <laughs> stopped way before uh, he had to land two more shots. You know what? And you and I were talking earlier, Dre, the, the off the air, the the mm-hmm. thing about Francisco Trinaldo, he did come in heavy. He 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 was five over, which sucks, and I hate that. And I talk shit about fighters too, but they brought up an excellent point last night. The dude's had a very long career, and he has never missed weight. He is not one of these habitual weight missers like like Sajara Eubanks or Kelvin Gastelum or Johnny Hendricks. You know, he's he's not that right. This is, mm-hmm. this is a one off. So I'm I'm hesitant again, and I've said this before on previous shows. I'm hesitant to really get go too hard on fighters uh, who miss weight during this, you know, this time of our lives right now with everything being so off that it is. So I don't think he'll, he'll miss weight again. So I do want to still give him uh, full credit for showing sportsmanship. And you're right. He was losing that fight last night and coming back and winning. So plus he's a member, he's a member of the over 40 club, which somebody else is today too. Oh my God. I know. Birthday, Think I was gonna remember, did you? It is my 40th birthday. Oh my gosh. I'm not over 40. I am 40. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. It's your it's your day, so I'll go with your math on that. Okay. I woke up this morning and my daughter, she said happy birthday. And she's like, What are you 40 today? And I'm like, No, I'm 32. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, I'm 32 going forward. Don't ever 30, say that again. that's right, that's right. 32. We'll stick with that. But yeah. Yes, seriously, from, <laughs> from everybody else in the CSWR crew and all the Rhino gang, we all are wishing you a very happy birthday, and we are so glad you're a part of the show, and you are a very good friend, and we all are stoked that it's your birthday, so happy birthday. Thank you so much, guys. All right, that was an excellent drop of the night from our feature play, Andrea, so now we are going to get into our main card picks for next week's fight. Uh, UFC card fight night where we're going to go back to the Apex Center in Las Vegas with a smaller cage. So we know what that means. There's going to be more knockouts, we think. Anyway, at least that's what history mm-hmm. is showing us. So I'll go ahead and get us started. I've got Giles over Holland by second round TKO. What about you, Drea? I have Giles uh, taking it as well by TKO, but I am taking a third round TKO. Third round TKO for Drea. Okay. And this one was a tough one, dude. And I'm really looking forward to this fight. Bobby Green versus Lando Venata. Uh, Lando is never in a boring fight. Bobby Green rarely ever is. Uh, he looked great in his last win. I love Bobby Green. I like watching Lando fight. I was torn on this one, but I'm finally going to go with what I really think is going to happen. Bobby Green over Lando Venata. Split decision, but it's going to go to Bobby Green. What do you got, Drea? I have Bobby Green as well. Um, I'm going with the unanimous, though. Unanimous decision for Bobby. I think that has all the ingredients to be a fucking barn burner, and I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to it. So then I've got um, Vincente Luque over Brown uh, by TKO in the third. I got Vincente Luque over Brown, TKO in the third. What about you? 
I'm taking Vicente Luque, but I think it's going to be an actual KO. I'm taking Luque for a second round knockout. Trey's going full KO by second round TKO for Vicente Luque. Alrighty. Then we got uh, JoJo Calderwood against Jennifer Maya. I've got JoJo who didn't want to wait around for the title shot that she was promised next. She said, nope, I'm stepping in. I want to fight. I'm ready to fight. Uh, the Scottish last that she is said, I'm going against Jennifer Maya. I think she's going to barely get by. And I think it's going to be a unanimous decision for JoJo Calderwood over Jennifer Maya. What about you? Okay, apparently we're on the same page for this entire fight. So, uh, <laughs> um, I've taken Calderwood as well. Um, unanimous decision over Maya. All right, then moving into our very exciting main event. Since the uh, Holly Holm fight dropped off, we've got Evan Shabazian, which I always say wrong. Some people say Shabazian, Shabazian. Either way, the kid's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think he's gonna I think he's gonna smoke Derek Brunson. I think Brunson, who's actually I've seen some training videos of him lately. He looks great. Physically, and I think Shabazian is going to be uh, just too much for him on the feet, striking-wise. Brunson does have a great left, and he could always finish it. He could catch him. But I think I think Shabazian is going to win a uh, third-round TKO over Derek Brunson. Um, same. I'm going Shabazian. Um, actually, I had a KO. I know you're taking TKO, but I have a KO in the third. Two KOs for the co-main and main event. Now, this is a three-rounder, which I, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people are pissed off about if they took it on short notice and it's going to be a three-rounder, let it let it be. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'm just glad we're getting fights. So, we, uh, Drea and I have been talking shit to each other for the past <laughs> few days about our picks for last night's uh, fight night. And what ended up happening, dude? We ended up We tied. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We ended up tying, man. Like both went eleven and four. Um, again, I was talking earlier before we got you on the line, Dre. Like that, Paul Craig is the one who ruined my clean sweep of picks on the main card. But you had him winning. But yeah. then my man Fabricio Verdum came through, <laughs> as did Robert Whitaker, to catch up to you and tie. So we can't really talk too much shit to each other because we no. fucking died. You know? I'll, I'll give it to you, though. Your main card picks were. were my main card picks were good. Were yeah, you're, They were better you're, than mine because two of my my losses were in the main. So, so yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and give this to you, even though it's you're, my birthday. <laughs> you're going to get seen on your birthday? Wow, what a pal. <laughs> so we'll see but yes, we, we went 11, 11 and 4, both of us said. Yeah. Um, and so, we obviously, we put those out on Twitter on our pictures with and our main man, our main man, Dave Fretz made up some really nice posters that Drea badgered him into doing. Um, <laughs> totally and, I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so we, no, but they came out awesome. So thank you, Dave. I really absolutely that. <laughs> shout out to Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz and at solo shoes, the Einstein of graphic design, our graphic designer, a member of the, Rhino crew. We are so, so stoked to have him as our friend and what an amazing artiste he is. So that's going to go ahead and cruise our way into our Twitter questions, Drea. I know our first one comes from the homie Scott Nolan. And what does Scott have for us this week? He wants to talk boxing. So he would love to hear your thoughts on that Estrada Adkins fight uh, the other night. I'm admittedly a boxing casual uh, the past several years, but a minus 8,500 line. How can someone even sanction that? Like, it's just wild to me. Glad she's okay, but that seems stupid to allow. Dude, this was a fucking embarrassment. Everybody knows who listens to the show. Boxing was my first love. I was a professional fighter for over a decade. Uh, long amateur career before that. I love boxing so much, and I, I've had to defend it nonstop my entire adult life. For reasons like this, okay, just on paper, right? So you're talking about Atkins uh, having five wins, but just on paper, it was 18 and 0 versus 5 and 0. That's not good. That's not a good matchup. That's not something you want to see. If you look at Atkins, you actually look at who she fought. She fought four pro debuters and an 0 and 2 fighter that she'd already beaten, okay? Then you look at Estrada. 18 and 0, who fought real fighters with actual records. She beat people that were like 7 and 0, 13 and 2, so on and so forth. So it's it's such a misleading thing to look at. Well, the other girl was undefeated. No, she really wasn't. Okay. She fought girls with no wins and got herself to 5 and 0. And then she got fucking annihilated 
in what seven seconds, I believe it was. So that was just a ridiculous embarrassment. The commission should be embarrassed. Everybody involved should be. What a terrible matchup. Ugh, I hate it. This is no fault of Estrada. She can't help she, you know, who they put in there with her. Um, she did what she had to do. She ran across the cage and just smoked that Atkins lady. But, dude, awful, awful, awful. Also, not even to mention, dude, 14-year difference between the two, okay? Estrada's 14 years younger than Atkins. So it was bad in all facets of everything. And shout-out to Scott and shout-out to the homie Trouble, who also brought this up on the timeline. Just, just gross. And I, and I hope we don't ever see something like that again. So, wow, I was I got I got passionate on that one for a little bit. <laughs> I'm heated now, dude. I'm salty. Okay, so let's get ourselves collected and let's let us know. Uh, Phil, the MMA dude, my buddy Phil from the Split Decision Podcast, he had our next question. And what does Phil have for us today? Yo, Rhino, what do you make of Herb Dean's horrendously late stoppage <laughs> of that Trinaldo fight? I understand that he's usually one of the best refs in the game, but this was the second time that night that Herb made a significant mistake stopping a fight. So here's my question. Should refs be punished perhaps with fines or suspended for making multiple errors that are deemed to be significant errors in a single week or month? Would you be a fan of this strict policy or do you think it's too harsh? Bro, I 1000% think that there should be some sort of uh, fine or suspension for refs who make severe, like egregious mistakes. And I don't mean, you know, uh, stopping a little too early or a little too late, because that's going to happen. It's a very difficult job. I understand that. Everybody who watches understands that it, it's 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 really hard. It's split decision, you know, so I almost said split decisions because <laughs> of your podcast. In split seconds, you have to make a decision um, as an official. So it's a very tough gig. But Herb had two terrible non-stoppages, we're going to call them, last night. Again, he's got a long career of being a good ref. I think for the most part, he's the overall good ref. You cannot, however, have situations where you could get somebody really fucking hurt or killed where you're just standing there looking and even the other fighters looking at you being like, I don't want to hit him again. And then you're like, nope, go ahead. It's like, that's a bad look on everybody. I think, again, Herb Dean is overall shown He's earned some equity, right? He's been a good ref for the vast majority of his career, but those were some bad mistakes. I fully support there being some sort of overseeing, like, chairman, right? And who else should be that chairman? Big John McCarthy, right? He should be, like, the the elected head of all officials, and he's the one who can, you know, put down the sanctions or the fines or the suspensions over all MMA referees. That's what I'd like to see. So, yes. 100% 100% think there should be, 1,000% is what I actually wrote down in my notes here, 1,000% there should be fines or suspensions for refs who make several egregious bad calls or no calls, absolutely. So thank you very much, my friend Phil. If you guys haven't already, check out the uh, check out him and the Fight Geek on the Split Decision podcast. Talk about an MMA and them always arguing. It's always really fun. Great MMA take, so check them out. All righty, our third one comes from our homie Naji Nasser. And what does Najee have for us this week, Drea? Who do you think should be the Mauler's next appointed, opponent Excuse me, opponent after tonight's loss? Well, I think appointed means opponent. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't speak English today. <laughs> no, you're doing awesome. And it's your birthday. So you, get to make, you get to make all of the things I get a pass. <laughs> That's right. You get a full pass. You get to make all of the things you want. All right. So, Najee, assuming that Alex stays at heavyweight, which I think he will, um, let's match him up with another striker. And here's what I'm thinking for the heavyweight division. Who I'd like to see Alex fight next? I came up with Big Ben Rothwell. I think that they are both veterans. They both want to keep the fight standing. They're both tall. Um, I don't like Ben Rothwell at all, and I think Alex would win. So there's a little bit of a self-serving answer in that as well. (laughs) But, again, I'd really like to see Alex uh, fight Big Ben Rothwell in his next one. I think that would be a good fight. It would make sense. Uh, Yeah, that's, that's my answer on that one. So, Najee, thank you so much for asking that one, my dude. And I know our last Twitter question comes from my homie, Raging Sweet Potato, from up there in Canada. Raging, what do you got for us today, buddy? In honor of last night's throwback trilogy bout between Lil Nog and Shogun, I humbly submit the following question. Which would you rather watch? A throwback card of all first-generation UFC fighters like Royce, Ken, Severn, Fry, Tank, Coleman, and Kerr with modern rules? And commentary by your choice of modern analysis. Also, 
who would you pick to commentate? Or a card of modern fighters such as Habib, Gaethje, DC, Stipe, Nunez, Rebus, Chimaev, with the original UFC One rules and commentary team of Superfoot Wallace, Jim Brown, and Kathy Long with Rich Goins announcing in the ring. <laughs> so I'm probably one of the five or ten people who remember the uh, OG <laughs> UFCs in that lineup, dude. But yeah, I definitely those go, both I, would be fun. <laughs> yeah, right. Can we do both? Absolutely. Um, I am going to go with option B. I would love to see the new school fighters with the OG rules and the OG commentary team. I'd love to see how like dumbfounded that the (laughs) comedies would be with like something like a flying arm bar or something like, you know, some ridiculous (laughs) move they'd never seen nor heard of. Be like, um, he's done some sort of maneuver where (laughs) now the other person looks in pain. I, I just, I don't know. Let's kick it over to you. And then everyone's just looking there with like their mouths open. Like what the fuck are we watching right now? Uh, it would be, it would be awesome to see that one. The other one would be fun too, but I definitely think option B just because of how much more deep the skill set is now than it was back then. Uh, and just the different techniques that would be, uh, employed by the new fighters. I think that would be really, really fun. Uh, so yeah, I definitely pick option B. Thank you so much. Rage and sweet potato. Always cool questions. So that is that for the Twitter question. So Drea, you are going to go ahead and take the rest of this day to enjoy yourself. Uh, have fun with the fam. Just relax. You should be catered to hand and foot by all those around you. It is your birthday, and it's a big one. And once again, we all wish you happy birthday from here at your other home, Combat Sports with Rhino. Thank you, guys, and I'll see you next week. You got it. All righty, folks. Now, as we have finished our Twitter questions, let's go ahead and get into our voice questions. I know the first one comes from my homie, Ryan, also known as the Mixed Man from up in Minnesota Way. And Ryan, what do you got for us this week, my dude? Hey, 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 Rado. It's your buddy Mixed Man here. I'm calling in pre-UFC because I just watched Bellator last night. And uh, it's nice to see Sergio Pettis have a second life in Bellator after it seemed like the book was written on him in the UFC. Uh, but I'm curious, outside of Douglas Lima, who do you see in Bellator's roster right now? that could transition to the UFC and compete at the highest level, uh, like the way Eddie Alvarez did to become champion? Uh, get at me, man. Oh, that's a great question, Ryan. Uh, for me, homie, it's, it's, it's definitely A.J. McKee. A.J. McKee has literally every tool in the toolbox. He's fantastic on the feet. He's good on the ground. He is super explosive, athletic, smart. You can't help but have like an advantage in the game when your dad – was slash is a pro MMA fighter and coach like his dad, Antonio, a uh, super duper smart kid. He's flashy. He's strong. He's got great size for the division, good reach. I mean, the kid literally has it all. He's a good looking kid. You know what I mean? Everything about him is marketable. He can handle himself both in the cage and out. He, Dude, absolutely. I think we should see AJ McKee over from Bellator into the UFC at some point, and he will be a fucking player in the division for sure. So that's my answer on that one. Thank you so much, my fellow bald-headed Midwestern brother. All righty. And then now, a strong return, a big return from my boy, my man, my homie, Jim Assoon. Jim Assoon, what do you got for us this week, dude? What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Ryan on the gang. Hope you all are doing well. Yeah, it's been a minute, but, you know, we're back. Uh... My question for you this week is, even though Darren Till lost the fight, what do you think is next for him? Because uh, he did do quite well. I like those type of chess matches. I know a lot of people didn't like it. It's so boring or whatever, but I like those type of fights. You know what I mean? Where you're on your edge, you see each fight, each swing. I mean, you could end the fight. You never know, right? So that's my question for you, buddy. Keep up the great work, and we're always listening, man. You know it's always 420. Peace. Oh, Jim. First of all, welcome back, my friend. It's great to have you back on the uh, on the show. We certainly miss you. I'm glad to have you back. So I enjoy a nice chess match, too, sometimes. Uh, that was a super good matchup, super tight. Both guys really, really evenly matched with Till and Whitaker. There was a little bit of... There was a little bit. It was a little bit excessive for me. The uh, the standing and looking and the and the nonstop fainting. I thought what they were trying to accomplish with that could have been done 
with like an abbreviated version, if that makes sense. Like instead of fainting and stepping in and just doing a little herky jerky for no moves shot off, you know, for 10 seconds, you probably could have done that for four or five and then tried something. So it was a little bit too much standing and staring for my liking. But again, you could definitely see they're both being very cerebral. They were both really trying to counter the other. And that's going to happen sometimes. But for me, it was still a fun and exciting fight. Uh, who I see next for Till, I like the idea of Ian Heinish or Marvin Vittori, right? I think these would both be good matchups, fun matchups that the fans would like to see that would be fun. Un unfortunately, Till, even though it's super close, is going to drop, right, in the division. His ranking is going to drop. And both Ian and Martin are in the top 15. So there was this would still make sense as far as the division goes. I think they both be fun fights. I think if you're going to do a European card down the road, uh, Vittori and Till could do, draw some big numbers. If you're going to be in America or anywhere else, Till and Heinish would be also a pretty good fight. I think a lot of people would enjoy that. So that's my answer on that one. Ian Heinish or Marvin Vittori for Till next. Thank you, my man, Jim. And you're right. It is always 420, my brother. Alrighty, D Reigns. I know our next question comes from my dear homie Laura Purple Pants from down in beautiful sunny Florida. And what do you have this week, Laura? Good morning, Rhino. Um, it's Laura, Purple Pants, and I have a question. You're in a bar with your girl, and Francis Ngannou grabs her ass. What do you do? Personally, I would be like, you can have her. But what do you do? Okay, the first part is, I, I gotta know, how much do I like the chick, right? <laughs> like, do I love her? Is she like my, is she my wife? Or is this just someone I'm on like date two with? Cause that's important. Cause you gotta understand like, yes, I, I'm six one. Yes. I'm around 280. Yes. I was a pro headway fighter for a long time and I've had 21 fights and like, I could handle myself very well against most. But if you're telling me that Francis Ngannou does that and like it's my wife or it's someone like I'm like super in love with and I have to defend her honor, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call my mom real quick. I'm going to say, hey, mom, I want you to take all my worldly possessions and divide them up amongst my nieces after I go because uh, things might go awry. And I would hang up the phone. Tell Francis to apologize. He shouldn't and wouldn't. And then I would try to do as much as I could before he knocked my head clean off of my body. I think that's that's how that would probably go, getting into a bar fight with the man who has the Guinness Book of World's record for the strongest punch ever recorded. So, Laura, my dear friend, thank you for that one. That was a fun one. So now we are going to get into our are my interview, my 10 rounds with Rhino with Cage Fury Fighting Championship welterweight going for the title on August the 13th, my man Bobby Nasty Nash, and it's a good one. Check this out. Oh, everybody out there in podcast land, we've got a very special treat for you today. With me on the line is, I mean, we're going to talk about Mr. Excitement, a fellow Michiganiac, my dude, future Cage Fury Fighting Championships welterweight champion come August, my man Bobby Nashty Nash. Thank you so much for joining us today, my dude. Hey, thanks for having me on. Oh, the Rhino is super duper stoked to have another Michigander on, Bobby, and I'm really glad to have you with us tonight. So let's go ahead and dive right into round one of the 10 rounds with Rhino. Uh, Bobby, first, as my listeners know, I love the backstory, I love the origin story, the genesis. Where and why and how did Bobby Nash get started in MMA? Oh yeah, man, it was uh, it was funny. Uh, so I started off wrestling. I uh, wrestled in college at Michigan State, and uh, after wrestling, I had I had this. Uh, I still wanted to compete, you know. I, I was all I won a high school state title wrestling in college, and afterwards I was like, well, what's next? So I kind of dabbled with some amateur MMA fights, and uh, just to stay just to compete and I ended up going 14 and 0 as an amateur MMA fight fighter. And I was like, you know what? Hell man, why don't I try to take a pro fight? I took a pro fight. It did real well. Didn't really think I was going to make too much of a career out of it, but, uh, I ended up going all the way to eight and one and getting signed to the UFC. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just kind of started after I, I started fighting because of my wrestling background 
and competing. And I just, after college wrestling, I, I wanted to continue to compete. No, that makes perfect sense, dude. And that seems to be the uh, case with, with a lot of really high-level college wrestlers. That's kind of the, the origin story of a lot of guys. And, you know, not everybody makes the transition uh, as well as you did. So very, very cool. Uh, your next fight for my fans who don't know is August 13th for the Cage Fury Welterweight Championship. How has training been going, my man? I know things are a little out of whack and out of normalcy right now, but how's the training been going for the big fight? You know, things are definitely a lot different than they were in my last training camps, but they always, but you know, it's the way you adapt. You got to adapt. And if you're able to adapt or, uh, you know, you'll overcome and, you know, you'll be able to, uh, uh, you know, have success. And I think I'm adapting really well. Um, my training camp's going great. Um, I have a few more, I have about three and a half more weeks and I still got a condition cause it is going to be a five round fight. So my conditioning, that's a big key factor in this fight. I know I have the tools. I know I have power in my hands. I know I'm technically sound. I got the collegiate level wrestling. My, my striking is continuing to improve. improve. <clears throat> the big thing is conditioning. So I'm a I'm, uh, big precedent on conditioning for this fight. And, you know, so far, <clears throat> everything's going great. I feel strong. I feel healthy. I'm getting my rest. Um, and I'm extremely excited for August 13th. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm, I'm super stoked for it, too. I can't wait to watch it on Fight Pass. Really looking forward to it, dude. Uh, now, you train at Michigan Top Team. Michigan Top Team, for people around the country may not know exactly uh, much about it, it has a ton of top-level MMA fighters. What has your experience been like training at, at Michigan Top Team? Well, training at Michigan Top Team has been fantastic. They recently, about a year ago, got a brand-new facility. And if you've never seen this facility, it is just epic man it has a heavy bag set up uh with like eight heavy bags in one corner it has a cage wall it has three side wrestling mats in there and i don't know how if you know how big a wrestling mat is but to fit three of them we have a ton of mat space um we have treadmills in there um aerodyne bikes uh weights chin-up bars i mean i'm talking this is top of the line gym right now so I have a great facility I'm training in. Uh, you know, I, I believe that I'm, you know, with with the right camp. And I'm training with guys like Kenny Cross and Darren Crookshank and Jason Fisher. Kenny Cross actually has a fight with the Contender Series. And I really believe he's going to get a UFC contract after that fight. Darren Crookshank, we all know him in the UFC and in Ryzen. And he's a huge For sure. Knockout. Yeah, huge knockout artist. And Jason Fisher, who's a black belt in BJJ. So when it comes to training partners, you know, I'm getting phenomenal looks. I'm getting, uh, you know, I just, I truly believe I'm at the right place. I'm at, and I'm at the place that can make me a champion, you know. So I'm, I'm very happy with being at Michigan Top Team and just training with, you know, there's plenty of guys I haven't even mentioned. But those sure. guys really, really, uh, you know, resonate to everybody. Yeah, absolutely, dude. The, uh, you know what, it's in Southfield, Michigan, which is just, uh, just a short drive from where, where I'm from. Right. And no, I haven't been out there yet, uh, but I definitely, the next time I go visit my parents, I definitely want to check out the gym. I'm really looking forward to it. It seems like, yeah, I've seen pictures of it online, but that's not the same thing as getting in there and actually checking it out for myself. So definitely looking forward to doing that. Uh, Bobby, we're from the same area. We're from the east side of the state right. uh, of Michigan. I'm a huge fan of not, I'm one of those guys who liked, always liked both Michigan and Michigan State because it was always like, why do we hate each other when right. we have Ohio State to hate? You know what I mean? Right. And we have all the other Big Ten schools. That, so I've always been a fan of both, and I've always been a huge proponent of rooting for hometown guys, for Michigan fighters. So uh, growing up, and people have heard this story before, and I apologize, but uh, growing up, James Lights Out Tony was my most favorite boxer in the world. I, I love that he was from Ann Arbor, and I just a huge fan. Was there anybody coming up on the Michigan scene who you really followed? It could be a wrestler, could be a fighter, could be a could be an MMA fighter, a boxer. Was there any like you know Michigan MMA or boxing guy that you really looked up to? Oh yes, without a doubt. Um, you know, growing up being a uh, a wrestler and then going into uh, becoming a, a collegiate wrestler at Michigan State, I always you know loved the wrestlers. And you know how could I not follow? Rashad Evans and Gray Maynard, who are Michigan sure. State alumni. So those are two guys I always really liked. And I'm talking early, like even in high school, I'd watch them. Another guy I watched in high school was uh, 
Johnny Hendricks. Because I remember when I was like ninth grade, 10th grade, I, I watched Johnny Hendricks win an NCAA national title on, uh, on ESPN. And I was like, man, that's so cool. You know, I want to, you know, I want to go and wrestle in college. And then three, four years ago, I see him fighting in the UFC. So Johnny Hendricks, Rashad Evans and Gray Maynard were three guys that I really followed. Uh, (laughs) before I even stepped foot in the cage, before I even thought about it. Right. Right, Gray Maynard, one of my previous guests, on t- who's done 10 rounds with Rhino as well. So you are, once again, following the footsteps of our boy, Gray Maynard. So shout out to you, Gray. Uh, definitely, dude. That's very cool. So throughout your career, Bobby, you have got wins in a wide variety of fashions, right? You've got striking wins, guillotine wins, rear naked decisions. You're, but your last several wins have all come via punches. Obviously, you're very well-rounded. you got a deep portfolio. you got a lot of tools you can go to. But do you feel like striking has become, even though you're a collegiate wrestler, do you feel like striking has become a real strong point of your game? Well, you know, when I had when I got my first KO, I was like, oh, shit, this is awesome. <laughs> I had, it was like it was just like the coolest thing ever. And at that point, I was like, man, I really got to start dialing in with this striking because I don't think there's any turning back, dude. I just love this shit too much. And, uh, you know, I had to put a lot of work. There's a lot of trial and error, man. And I'm still, you know, to this day, putting a lot of work in my striking. But I think I'm, I'm almost where I need to be, man, with my striking. You know, I got Kara Rowe, who's just done wonders with my hands, my defensive responsibility, you know, uh, and, um, you know, Without her, I would be nowhere, nowhere, to, you know, nowhere right now with my striking, you know, and, uh, you know, sparring with Darren Crookshank has helped. But, yeah, when it comes to fight, man, wrestling's great. It's good. It's good to have a wrestling pedigree because I believe the wrestler dictates where the fight goes. But, uh, but man, it's just a fight to me is throwing hands, dude. Like, that's a fight to me, you know, yeah. and I just... You know, it's it's something that I just put put putting a lot of a lot of emphasis in my training camps is my striking because I know it's something I need to work on and it's something that I just love doing. You know, very cool. And yes, once again, big shout out. Uh, Bobby and I talked a little bit off the air about Kara Rowe, his uh, boxing coach, who uh, for many of my fights in my pro career was the was the ring announcer and couldn't be a cooler, nicer. Uh, person in the world than Kara Rowe and she's That's not right. only that but she's she's a badass coach and she was a badass fighter in her day too so big shout out to you Kara I hope you listen uh so Bobby you're still a very young guy in your pro career 13 fights I know you had the 15 AMI fights but 13 pro fights is you are definitely a veteran but you still have a long road ahead of you well, um the, the the first run in the UFC didn't go as planned as I'm sure but now you are in the Cage Fury Fighting Championship You've got a shot at the title in just a few weeks. Do you feel like that is where you want to stay for a while, or are we are we looking to climb back into uh, getting back in there to the UFC or Bellator or the PFL or one of what is perceived as the, the bigger uh, promotions? Well, Cage Fury is definitely a promotion that can, without a doubt, get me to that level. Cage Fury is a very big promotion. Uh, having a title at Cage Fury is is something to you know a feather in your cap. It's it's a it's sure. a, a a very nice title to have. It's a great promotion. Um, I want to fight for them, and yeah, you know, once I win the title, I would like to uh, see if I could get a call for PFL or Ryzen or Bellator. Bellator's always been a place that I've really you know liked. I just signed with new management, cage side management, and you know they have big big goals for me. So after sure. I win this fight, you know I'll be ten and four on a two fight win streak. And, uh, you know, I would love to go to, to a bigger promotion. If not, that's fine too, man. My main focus is just proving to myself the level of athlete I am. I want to compete against high-level guys. My last fight, I'm, after I, after I uh, left the UFC, I fought for WXC main event. I fought a guy who was 17-8, and eight and I was 8-3. and three. I took a guy with a lot more experience and a lot more fights than me, and he was, a, and he was on a six-fight win streak. Knocked him out. Now I'm yeah. taking this fight who's a super talented fighter and I'm going to come in there. I'm going to do the same thing. I just want to, my main focus is to take high level fights um, and just, you know, competitive fights that are going to have people excited. And if I get a contract for a big promotion in along the way, that's cool. 
Dude, very, very cool. We are all, seriously, dude, we're all of us here at the CSW Arc. We're all rooting for you. We all think that's what's going to happen. That's why I introduced you as the future Case Fury Fighting Championship, Welterweight Championship. Absolutely, dude. So I, I got to know um, where, I know your last name is Nash, but who gave you the moniker Nashty? Where, well, who, who came up with that? So that's funny. Um, so when I was wrestling, you know, I'd, I'd hit some moves and every once in a while, my, all the guys on the team, like, oh man, that was Nash D. So it's kind of just like, it kind of just like, you know, like I hit a slick move and they call it Nashty. And I was like, hey man, be Nashty, Bobby, Nashty, Nash. It's kind of just, it's a little weird, but it kind of just, I kind of just ran with it. Oh, uh, dude, I think that's great. I, I always love the, uh, I always love to find out like where, where the nicknames came from. I mean, obviously with your last name, but yeah, you got to get them from somebody else. If you come up with your own nickname, it's kind of a, eh, but when somebody right. else gives it to you, that's the shit. That's definitely right. something that'll, that'll stick with you. And it's very, it's very marketable, dude. It's pretty cool to see nasty, you know, on the shirt or on the fucking trunks. It's very cool. So right. I'm all for it, bro. Um, when it, when it's downtime, Bobby, when it's downtime, it's chill time. You know, the training is done and you got a few hours or you have maybe a whole day What's something you like to do for, like, wind-down time? I mean, are you a video game guy, a movie guy, an outdoorsman? Like, what's what's something you like to do to just chill and fucking get yourself centered? Oh, man, I'm definitely outdoors, dude. I, I'm not much of a video gamer. Uh, I like being outdoors, whether it's hunting, fishing, just being in the woods. Actually, after this fight, I'm going to Bozeman, Montana, which wow. is – I'm, I'm going to go uh, just uh, – just north of Yellowstone National Forest, and I'm going to hike 50 miles. So, like, that's kind of my vibe, dude. Like, I just kind of like being in the woods, being in nature, hunting. Like, that's what kind of, you know, relaxes me. So, aside sure. from fighting and training, when I got downtime, man, it's I'm going to hunt, I'm going to fish, I'm going to go hike, I'm going to be in the woods, I'm going to camp, you know, do, do all that. Typical Midwestern hard-ass people. That's what we build over here, <laughs> <That's> right? right. <laughs> so uh, here's my obligatory uh, food question, Bobby. I always include a food question in the 10 rounds. So the weight cut is over. The fight is over. You've been, you've been resisting all the temptations for weeks. Now it's time to fucking just go hard on whatever you want to eat. What are you eating and where from? Oh, man, that's a good question. I'm full of good uh, questions. I'm a very good interviewer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I love wings. I love oh, wings. Yeah. I, I, you know, at, after this fight, I'd probably go to uh, a bar, have a tall, cold beer with some hot wings, man. I, I don't know necessarily where, right. but, uh, but wings and a beer, that, that sounds really good after a fight. I'm telling you, you got you got the number, dude. After literally after all my fights, it was I was almost the same thing. It was either wings or uh, pizza, and I always wanted because yeah. I, you know, I had you know sus, sus, gone without having that for a mm-hmm. long time. So yeah, beer and a fucking bunch of wings sounds pretty good to me. All right, buddy, we have uh, we have entered the tenth round. This is the wild card round, Mister Nashty. So anything can happen. You got to put your thinking cap on. You got to be prepared for the unexpected. Expect the unexpected, sir. All right. All right. So imagine, take yourself back. Start to think of this as like black and white imagery, okay? We're All talking right. 1950s. We're talking Detroit. We're talking the old fucking Detroit back in the day. There is a neighborhood street gang, the Nashties, which you are the head of, okay? Right. You get four other pro fighters to be in the gang of the Nashies. Now, again, think of it like, you know, like Greece, where you guys are wearing the white t-shirts and the little All jackets right. with the things filled up. You get four other fighters to be in the Nashies. Who are you riding with? Ooh, man. Okay. Number one, Mike Perry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He just seems like a little gangster to me, you know? Yeah, that's a great um, answer. Number one is definitely Mike Perry. Number two would be, ooh, man. Uh, Gotta think about this. Nate Diaz, be number okay. two. All right, mm-hmm. all right. So Mike Perry, Nate Diaz. Um, uh, I would go with. After that, man, I'm just gonna have to shoot from the hip right here. Uh, yes. Mike Perry, Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor. Got a little style to him, and. Uh, the king of cringe. 
Henry <laughs> Triple C. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's who I go with. So, so that's amazing. So, and a funny, a funny side note is all of your guys are 170 and below. So this is not going to be the gang that's going to be seen as the big, bad, intimidating guys. This is the guys who are going to be seen as once it actually goes down, you'll right. see what happens well, when these 170, 155, 135 well, go. When you, when you said gang, I instantly thought of like Mike Perry. I thought of Nate Diaz. They're like, to me, they're like kind of like gangsters, you know, like, you know, sure. so I was like, bam, those two. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, the other two are just kind of shoot from the hip, but yeah. I'm for it, dude. I think that the, I think you guys would would run the neighborhood back in the old school Detroit if it was even just the even just the five years. So the Nashies would be nothing to fuck with. That's right. <laughs> well, Bobby, again, man, we are so thrilled that you have this title shot for a great promotion like Cage Fury. It will be on UFC Fight Pass, so everybody can check it out August 13th. UFC Fight Pass. Watch this man get in there, rep Michigan rep the east side, rep Michigan top team, and bring home the gold. We are all stoked for you, dude. Awesome. Thank you, man. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon, brother. This is Bobby Nashy Nash, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. Okay, so I say it every week how much I love the interviews and how too cool they are, and they always are, and I love every guest I've had on, and I'm appreciative of them, but it just hits different when it's a it's a fellow Michigander or Michiganiac, as I like to call him, somebody who's from here, who trains here. Um, very cool, Bobby, to come on. And it's really, I'm really looking forward to August 13th to watch him win that welterweight strap on Fight Pass. We're all cheering for you here at CSWR, Bobby. I hope you enjoy the show, my dude. So now we are going to get into our shout outs to the Rhino Gang. First of all, to everybody who asked a question today Ryan, Jim, Laura, Phil. Najee, Raging Sweet Potato, and my man Scott Nolan. Thank you guys so much for participating. Uh, I definitely, of course, have to thank Bobby Nash for coming on and having his interview. Um, definitely want to give a shout out to some people I haven't given a shout out to in a while. Definitely Chelsea and Delilah from the TKO podcast, Ashley, the MMA nerd, my girls, uh, Pokemama and Pixie Dust, uh, my boy Marquise, all the homies at the WoCast, Mike uh, Kairos, G, of course, all my friends. Juice from the Fighting With Myself podcast, all my friends, all the homies of the Rhino Gang. Of course, Drea and D. Reigns, the best engineer in the world. My man D Dave Fretz for his outstanding poster, not only of Bobby Nash, but for me and Drea's uh, picks for this weekend. Love all you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. My girl Trouble, shout out to you. Uh, shout out to my man Marquise from Weak Sauce Radio. Shout out to all you guys. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week, and we are looking forward to this coming Saturday's UFC, and we will see you next week. Case